What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? I'm healthy boy. Soda. I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Maple syrup. Bella. I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Welcome to the Dive Bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks, Episode 1 again. It's me, Ref Marsh, and we at WOTR The Show. And we have today the other half of the legendary duo, the Ironics! You got Kevlar on the Rocks over here, man. What's going on, guys? Uh, that one hit a little different. Yeah. Got a little higher. Yeah. Put a little more oomph in that one. Yeah, I, I ate right before the show, so I was ready for it. I had a, little, a little more oomph in it. I'm pouring myself a glass of red wine today. Uh, I decided to try and take it a little bit easier on the amount drinking, so I'm going up on the strength of it. <laughs> Simple so, mathematics. Yes, it's just math. Uh, what do you got? What are you drinking today? I'm drinking some 805. Oh, very cool. My brother had the uh, American Lager the other day, the uh, Stone Cold one, the American oh, yeah. Pilsner, or yeah, the American Lager. He loved it, so I'm gonna try and get some soon. Well, I want to see. Yeah, I want to try it. When I was out of town, I when I was leaving, I realized I forgot to check, and it was on a at a store across the town or the city, mm-hmm. and I was like, ah, I can't drive 45 minutes out of my way to pick some up. Last day. Oh, last yeah. Day, yeah. <laughs> Uh, cheers to uh, just in time coming through the chat. Cheers, just in time. Cheers. See what uh, yeah. uh, let's see. Well, as far as any kind of news goes, man, it's all been kind of the same old, same old with the Vince stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Laurinaitis was uh, was um. I don't know if they called it suspension or uh, temporary leave or something like that, but he's not in the, the talent relations position now. It's going to be Bruce Pritchard. I mean, yeah. uh, also, supposedly, uh, Triple H was down at the Performance Center today saying that he's back. I don't know what that's going to mean. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think the bottom line is nobody knows what any of this stuff means, and uh, some people are going to pretend like they do, and we we don't we don't do that. But do you, th- do you think NXT goes back to black and gold? I don't think so. I can't imagine that he would do such a crazy shift on it at this point. You know what I mean? Like realistically, I think we might see a shift in some of the stories, or or maybe we might see the debut mm-hmm. of somebody or two that maybe wasn't getting the love they thought they should, or. But I don't think we're going to get, like, a 3.0 yeah. all of a sudden. Back to one. Yeah, it just says back to black. Fucking... Yeah. <laughs> That's an ACDC blaring. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, I mean, there's only so much speculation we can do on it all. Uh, so I don't think we uh, will, realistically. But... You want to talk some of the show, or is there anything you want to talk about before we get into the into SmackDown? Um, I don't know if you mentioned it on your Thursday show, but obviously the 
two refs we lost last week. Yeah, Tim White and uh, and Dave Hebner. Uh, it was a bummer. I got to meet Tim White twice. Uh, rest in peers. Uh, rest in peace. Tears in our beers. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dirty was uh, a great guy. Yeah, he was really nice when I met him. The first time I met him was at Royal Rumble 2019. Uh, I was doing the meet and greet for uh, Sasha and Bailey together. And as we were walking away from that, he was like just on the other side of the guardrail around the side, like kind of where they they funnel you out of. He was kind of like right over there. And I stopped and I was like, holy shit, it's Tim White. And, um, went over, asked him if he would sign my hat. And he goes like, oh, I don't know if you want me to sign this. Like you just had it signed by a couple of big stars because my hat was also signed by Sasha and Bailey. Uh, and I was like, no, I got to have you. I was like, look, I signed. I had Charles Robinson sign it first. And so I showed him where Charles Robinson signed it. And he goes, I'm not putting my name next to anything that's got his name on it. And then he just started laughing. He goes, I'm just kidding. He's a good guy. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he signed it for me. And we stood there and talked for just a few minutes. And then and then I saw him again at ToyCon in Vegas about a ye- Wait, that wasn't the 20... 20- that was 2019, huh? The Rumble. Yes. Huh. So it couldn't have been that much longer after that it could have only been a couple months later because i mean obviously COVID happened march 2020 so some point later on in that same year i would have uh i was in vegas man this shit all kind of fell that was right before i think also double or nothing it was right around that same time yeah. 2019 was wild, man. I think I went to a ton of wild meet and greets and shit. 2019, that was my year. Uh, but uh, <laughs> when I was meeting Seth Rollins, he was sitting right there next to him, and so I said something to Seth and talked to him for a second. And then I just like kind of like scooted over to get my stuff together, and I was kind of like right there, and I was like, "Oh man, what's up, Tim?" And we started talking. We talked for probably 10 or 15 minutes. He was just talking about different road stories here and there, traveling with the guys, doing the meet and greets, and. It was cool, man. He was so nice and so willing to just start swapping stories and talk to you right away and super welcoming. At no point did I ever feel like I was annoying him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was great. It was great. Kevin Owens even posted up on his that one of his favorite parts of doing the conventions and the meet and greets is that Tim White was always with him. And he goes, the line for him was always just as long for us. And he always said he didn't understand it. He goes, he didn't understand the kind of legend that he was. So, yeah. It's nice he got a little bit of that love, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And then, yeah, Justin says uh, in the thing, the moment Impact Wrestling had for Dave and Brian Hebner for Slammiversary was incredible. So um, Brian Hebner's last match uh, for Impact was during Slammiversary main event, and he gets knocked out. Earl Hebner's, like, ringside in a polo jumps the rail, more or less, rips off his (laughs) polo. He's got a rough shirt underneath, slides in, and does the three count. And then Earl and Brian point up to the sky, and oh, this one's for you. And yeah, that was really cool. Really cool they did that. Nice. I'd wonder why he stopped doing. There was a little while right at the beginning of the pandemic when all the virtual meet and greets were happening that Earl Hebner was doing a few, and Dave was with him on most of them. Like they were doing them together. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to try and catch one of these, and send in that ref jersey I have signed by Tommy Young and get them both to sign it. But after the one that I saw, like. They were never doing it again together. And then a few months ago, I saw a picture of Dave. Some people posted, and he just was, like, in a wheelchair and looked like he was in bad shape. And I was like, oh, 
that's probably why he's not out there doing anything anymore. So, uh, shame to lose them both. So. And crazy, so like close to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was insane. I don't know, did you get a chance to meet either of them ever? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. I know I met Earl Hepner when I was little. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I think I saw Tim White, like, in passing a few times, you know, yeah. and I was just kind of like, oh, cool, there he is, you know, and I never went up to him or anything like that, but after hearing all the stories of people, you know, that had a lot of interactions like you, I'm like, damn, I really should have done that. Bummer, man. You just never know. That's why, you know, take your pictures, get the autograph, ask for that moment. Like, it's one thing for the people who kind of like force the moment and like stand around in airports and bathrooms and shit, but it's another uh-huh. thing to take advantage of the moment when you have it, when you see it. Like, yeah. Like, I, it you was a bummer. Gotta, Go ahead. I was just going to say, you also got to just read the the area yeah. or the room, if you will. Like, you know, don't do it in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> and don't be like, those jackasses that comes up with 15 photos and says hey hey 15 kids can you sign them please yeah it's like no motherfucker that's gonna be on ebay in two minutes yeah it's a bummer dude i hate that stuff uh it sucks because when when you are just a general fan who bumps into them all the talent are like on guard Mm because they're like they don't want to get wrapped up into one of those things like when i was on that flight with a bunch of the talent on the way to smackdown I became this weirdo that they were looking at weird because I was wearing a wrestling shirt and I kind of like nodded at a couple of them when I, when we made eye contact, I was like, Oh, Hey, like this is weird. Right. Like, but then they were all acting weird and I was like, what's going on? Like, why are they all kind of like, like, I'm not doing anything. I didn't even approach him or anything. I just was like, not going to pretend like I'm sitting there in a Bailey shirt and you want me to pretend I don't know who you are. You know what I mean? Like clearly I watched the current product. You know what I mean? Like, so I just smiled and nodded and that was it. I didn't, approach any of them or ask for anything but they were kind of like real side-eyeing to me a bunch because i think at the end of the day they just didn't know if i was going to bombard them you know what i mean yeah they were waiting for you to jump up and mark out yeah or come up with a fucking binder full of eight by tens and be like hey can you sign five or six of these real quick you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like that shit happens to them so much that it kind of spoils those moments for some of us and that's what kind of made me nervous when i was over at um in that bar with pat patterson why I didn't approach him until that last second because I was just all like, I don't want him to think I'm just some dude who's like following him and stuff. Like it was this whole thing where it's yeah. like, now you look in passing and it's like, man, should have should have gotten that moment, you know. So, well, that's the whole reason why I had kids. Then I have an excuse to take the kids over there. Yep, yep. That's why I want to take one of your kids with me. Can I borrow your kid? Mm-hmm. It's funny. The other day we drove by Peter Piper and there was some special on the door and producer lady was reading it i was like oh look at on this day they do these things i was like you're not allowed in there without a kid and she's like you think kevin will let us borrow one of them and i was like we might get really out of luck and he might make us take them all (laughs) (laughs) it's all or nothing yeah which one of your kids has been having been behaving the best lately uh they've all been pretty great nah nah if you had to pick one that's your favorite today which is the one that's your favorite today Tie. It's all the time. Funny random story, but my dad did that one time. He went and he was getting like, I think new tires on his truck, and 
Yeah. He's like looked around and was like, well, the only place around here that serves beer is Peter Pepper Pizza. Yeah. So he went in there and grabbed a beer and I happened to call him. I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm just at Peter Piper Pizza having a beer. I was like, Dad, get out of there. You're going to look like a pedophile. Yeah. You didn't show up with any kids. You're not eating pizza. You have yeah. to leave immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Retreat. Retreat. Fall back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, it was a uh, – it, it sucked to hear that. And then you think – I think of guys like Jim Corderas, you know what I mean, was mm-hmm. on the road with those guys for his entire career knew them so well, like, those guys are the guys that trained him, even guys he looked up to. And then for him to lose two back to back, I was like, man, that guy's got to be going through it this week, you know? So, yeah. Uh, thoughts are with, with him as well. So, yeah, especially when you think about like the brotherhood. What? So, yeah, you know, all the friends and family of these guys, like, like you said, a lot of these guys knew both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So to lose you know, two friends back to back like that, yeah, so. it was hard enough, you know, losing two friends in like a in the same accident. Mm-hmm. But you know, I couldn't imagine just two separate. Where it's like, what the hell? Yeah, like come on. But yeah, man, tears in our beers for them, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll see you down the road, I suppose. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, let's see. Let's talk SmackDown, dude. Let's talk SmackDown. Vinny Mac. Opened up. Man, I was I don't know if I said it on the show. You'll have to remind me if I did or not. But I remember saying it as I'm watching. I was like, this is gonna be so great when Vince comes out and all these dirt sheets are expecting him to come out and and talk about the investigations, talk about Stephanie taking control and really just really hoping for like a Donahue moment here. And I was like, and it's going to be so funny when he comes out there and does none of that stuff, just doesn't sell it at all. And just says, thanks for coming to the show. And then I was like, if anything, he might say something about theory. I was like, I don't see him doing any of those things. And it's going to be hysterical. I was like, I can't wait to watch the the internet, you know, burn. And, uh, yo, that's exactly what happened. Vince came out. The crowd cheered. He said, you saw the signature, as we call it, then, now, forever, but the most important one is together. Welcome to SmackDown. Before I tell you what my read on it was, there's been a lot of speculation out there. The big one that the Dirt Sheets have been saying is that it's a power move. It's him daring the the board to do something about it. and Kind of a big pissing contest is what they're what they're perceiving it as. I understand I their pissing yeah pissing is fun dude I totally get why they say that and I'm not saying they're wrong about it all but that was not my takeaway from it at all uh, quick cheers to Bishop coming through the chat real quick um, cheers, Kev yeah cheers what was your read on Vince's appearance here um see I don't think yeah I don't think it's like a power struggle type of thing like you know I think it was simply Vince coming out and without saying it, blatantly saying it, you know, that this is nothing. You know, people are reading too much into it and, you know, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. It's as simple as that. 
I could see that too. I got a slightly different read out of it, not too far off, but a slightly different read off of it as well. My thought was this was his way of kind of like reassuring the board and the audience, the paying audience. Because realistically, who do they care about more than anyone is the paying audience. Whether you sit at home and tweet 500 tweets a show and don't buy a single ticket whenever they come to your town and don't buy a shirt until it's on clearance, like, you're really not the voice they're concerned about. They want to know who's filling up those stadiums, you know, like, realistically. So I think it was his way of showing the board that the paying customers are still with them in a sense, right? They cheered. Look, they're not booing me out of the building. And I think it was his way of also reassuring the audience that, hey, guys, like, regardless of what's happening behind the scenes, the show is going to go on. The show is going to continue the way that it has. This is SmackDown. It's not the Vince McMahon hour. You know what I mean? This isn't in a lot of ways it is, but in a lot of ways it's not like no matter what we do here, this is going to be what you're getting. And that's what I got out of it was just this really simple Hey, hey, board members, look at the crowd still cheers for me. They're still listening to me. And hey, audience members, the show's going to keep going. Don't stress about this. You let us deal yeah. with this. You know, that's what yeah. I read off of it. Yeah. I, and yeah, I can see exactly that point. Like, yeah, like it's, hey, don't worry. You know, we'll take care of it. You guys just sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah. Yeah, Justin Time says, I didn't expect Vince to go into full detail about anything, but boy, oh boy, was that and what happened on Monday very pointless. And let's talk about Monday, too. When he came out Monday, fucking, like, dancing and smiling. At that point, I was wondering if he was just bored backstage, because now that he's not doing CEO stuff, and he's just doing talent stuff. Like, he's just doing creative, supposedly. So, can you imagine he's just back there just being like, yeah, fuck it, I want to go out there. Hit my music. (laughs) Hold my beer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, and, you know, just to drive home the point of the paying audience, mm-hmm. it was announced that, you know, Vince was going to be at SmackDown. Yes. You know, so everyone there was expecting The pop that he got on Raw was amazing. And this is why yeah. I fucking hate Twitter and spoilers and all that shit, because that's the kind of wrestling that I love, yeah. where the surprises, the pops and stuff like that. Like, you know, you like, they showed people like literally like jumping out of their seats and, you know, you could tell people were like filing in and, you know, just running down the aisles. I saw a few people. Playing. Like, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the crowd's behind him, man. Uh, let's see. Parzival's in the one. chat says cheers from Germany. Oh, um, oh cheers. I don't remember how to say cheers in German. I know. I keep thinking of like Hulk Sozi Laban, which is kind of like um like a long life. It's kind of like a birthday thing. No, is it Hulk? Is it isn't that Cheers? Hulk, because like, Hulk Sozi Laban, Hulk Sozi Laban, dry more Hulk, 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 Hulk. It's kind of like a Cheers song. Oh man, it's been a long time yeah. since I've been in Germany. <laughs> but yeah, welcome in. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Prost. Right That's what it. it is. Prost. Oh, he just said it. He said it in the chat. Bitter. No, that's not. Thank you, is it? 
God, my German's a mess right now, man. I saw a tweet randomly. I don't know who tweeted it. But uh, they said that they would love to see Vince come out there each week and just throw out a random fact yes. and then just, like, leave. Yes. Like, the guy's example was, well, Curtis Axel was never officially eliminated in 2009 Royal Rumble or something like that. Yeah. And just walk away. Like, yeah. I was like, dude, that'd be so amazing. It'd be so good, dude. It'd be so good. But, yeah, I, I, I see a lot of people getting really mad. They think it's disgusting. He would come out there and not say the certain things that they wanted to say. And it's like, if you honestly think that SmackDown or Raw was going to be where he gives you his deposition, like, you kind of got yeah. what was coming to you. Like, like well, I said, 100%. to me, more than anything, this was, hey, show's going to go on. Don't worry about us. And hey, if I got free time, I might come out and, and goof off with you guys for a minute. Like, fuck. And it's yeah. kind of neat to say, uh, at least to see uh, uh, while, while he can. I mean, at the end of the day, if everything goes south for him, he might not have a ton of appearances left. So maybe he's just trying to have a little fun with it before before he's done for. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, it was... I didn't expect a whole lot more than what we got. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I was nervous when I saw him jump off the, the stairs. Mm-hmm. And then the camera quickly changed. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. He blew out his leg again. Dude, did you see his foot got caught in the ropes on his way out, too? He got caught on yeah. the middle and then the the bottom rope, too. And it's like, you're already <laughs> out. How to get back in? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then he okay. was just laughing about it because he's like, God damn it. You know? But, yeah, dude, a lot of people were really upset. Uh, I was not. I was laughing because I knew a lot of people were going to be upset. Yeah. And I know we don't dissect ratings because they don't really matter. Like people try to pretend that they do. They definitely don't matter in the day. Um, like they did in the nineties by all, most accounts. Uh, but SmackDown and raw did some of the best ratings they've had in, in since WrestleMania season and before even. So like well, and raw was close to 2 million without even being announced that Vince was going to be there, you know? Yeah. And it just goes to the point of no publicity is bad. publicity. Hmm. Yeah. You know, like Tony Khan, come on, admit you're doing coke. <laughs> Just go ahead. Go out Get it there. out there. People are gonna watch it. They're gonna be like, "Hey, you want to see coked up wrestling?" Kinda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was just trying to think of something with Tony Khan. That was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Just get the viewers yeah. in. Uh, but yeah. yeah, dude, I I was not disappointed because I was not expecting this to be Geraldo Rivera, uh, and the people who were were like, "This is insane!" And oh my god, dude, I just laughed so much. So the same people that were pissed off were watching daily of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Oh yeah, yeah, they wanted the trial to happen right there on SmackDown. Yeah. Hang him, hang him now. Yeah. Calm yeah. down. I think it was also because they're publicly traded company. They knew that their stocks are going to be, you know. Something they got to consider. So, how do you appease the board? How do you please them? How do you calm them down? How do you calm down the audience, other investors? Like, hey, look at even in the midst of all this, if I show up, they cheer. The people who are paying are still going to be paying. The people who are coming in are still coming in. Like, the company will be fine with or without me. I think it's kind of what he was showing by showing up, you know. But I don't know. That's just my take on it. Um, Parzival saying he's so drunk tonight that he would shave his head clean live and stream if a woman comes in and smokes with me. Drunken challenge. I can't make a woman fly to Germany. I just can't do it. 
Come on, we got some contacts in Germany, don't we? Yeah, most of my German contacts are not in Germany. I probably could find some. We'll find someone in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Riddle was on both shows a lot too, man. They've been really utilizing Riddle hard. He did a promo here. He did a promo on Raw. He had his main event match on SmackDown. He had a, a significant match on Raw. I mean, it was against almost, so it was like, you know, maybe not a classic, but there were stakes on the line. Like, what do you think about them using Riddle so much right now? I love it. I love Riddle. I've liked him since he was the original, bro. Yeah. Randy. Randy's my dude, too. Yeah. I think they're leaving it like it's funny, but they're leaving it a little too much to the mission, bro. It's yes. not, you know, like we get it, you know. We still give your nods here and there, but like you don't need to tell us how much you love them and miss them. Yeah, I oh, see. I was wondering if I was being a little too like sensitive to it because I I felt like I was getting pretty tired during his own promo where I was all like his whole gimmick right now is that he misses Randy and he's just reminding the audience about Randy. Uh, and I don't even mind. We could talk the main event and then go back to other things too. The the main event, him against Roman, I felt like was a Randy tribute match. Like he did so much Randy stuff that yeah. the crowd started chanting for Randy. Yeah. You know, Roman even looks at the camera and says, Randy, where are you? Like it's, I was just thinking that like we're, we're pushing Riddle so far and somehow he's like being overshadowed by a dude he's not there because that's becoming the focus of his entire story and i understand that there's a purpose and a reason behind having motivation but there's also a purpose for being you you know what i mean yeah well see i'm just like the only thing like i was getting like obviously i knew there was like pretty much no chance that riddle was gonna win that match but with as heavy of it as with Randy as it is, and you know, truthfully, I don't even know the significance of his injury and whatnot. But I was like almost expecting, like, hey, Randy's gonna go in there, hit Roman with the RKO. No one will expect it, and then riddle the champion. Yeah, I thought there was very there was every possibility that he could win because. Especially with all the rumors that I don't really buy into either because, you know, everyone being like, Roman's going on a lighter schedule and how are they going to get out of him having the titles? And I was like, I don't think that they were unaware of his schedule. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think he surprised them with this. So uh, I don't buy into that they needed to make a big change or a shift here. But it did seem like a, a, a plausible possibility. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I thought the match was overall awesome, but I also thought it was so Randy heavy that – at first, it made me go, man, a Randy versus Roman match would be pretty sick. But then by the end of it, I kind of felt like I saw what Randy and Roman might look like, as well as what Riddle and Roman would look like. Like, I really felt like I got two two and one. That's not to say I wouldn't welcome Randy versus Roman, but I'm not dying for it like I was prior to that match. I felt like that cooled me off some on it. Did did yeah. Did you get that at uh, all, no. or were you opposite? No. Opposite. I'm always... Okay looking for Randy and you know I would love a Randy Roman match like you know I think it'd be great but yeah I mean I could, I could definitely see where you're coming from like you know it's funny because I think it was this week was 
the throwback clip was uh, it was Edge and Hogan winning the tag titles together. Yeah. And you know they're like, oh, you know, he looked up to him, and uh, Edge looked up to Hogan, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, all right, it's fitting that you put this with, you know, Randy and you know Riddle as such a focal point, you know, but you know how it's been. So, you know, I think it's cool that if Riddle was a fan of Randy, he gets to, you know, got to work with him and emulate him and stuff like that. Yes. You know, we see a bunch of guys emulating, and women for that, emulating their favorites from the past. And, but like you said, as heavy as Randy was, or Randy's influence in that match was without being there, you know doesn't deter me from actually seeing a Randy versus Roman match. No, it doesn't make me not willing to see it when it happens. But my excitement and fervor for I I need to see that match has definitely been been quenched to a point where I could wait again. I could definitely wait. Because like, when he got injured, it was all like, fuck, I really wanted us to get to Randy Roman like as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, I mean, I could wait another year, I guess, like. Randy will come back whenever he comes back, and it'll be a good match when it happens, but I kind of know what that match is going to sort of look like. But at the end yeah. of the day, Randy is Randy, and the plausibility of him taking the titles off of Roman is probably greater than the probability of him of Riddle taking it off Roman. So there will be that added to the match, which would be great. Mm-hmm. But just that, like, the feeling of the dream match that I have to have was kind of a... a just lessened by having such a tribute match, you know, I was like, okay, yeah. well, when we get it, it'll be look kind of like this and it'll be cool. But, mm-hmm. you know, well, see, and that's, you know, that's the thing, you know, Roman keeps saying, Oh, I've gone through everybody, this and that. And yeah. I see it, but there's like, there's still like, cause I don't think he's fought Finn, has he? Or wait, yeah, yeah. That's when the broke broke and stuff like that. But he hasn't fought AJ, right? Uh, no. Not that I, I think a Roman, it's possible. Yeah, I think I think a Roman AJ would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You I think mean, there's a lot gotta, we could do. I think Roman yeah. Bobby again would be good. We haven't seen Roman Bobby since um, Roman's first go with the Universal title. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we saw them fight one time. It was, what, the Elimination Chamber a while back. It wasn't in the chamber, but it was in the, the thing. And the winner went on to go face, I think it was, I think it was Brock at the time. And everyone mm-hmm. wanted it to be Bobby. But it was, uh, I believe it was returning Roman. And, yeah, we haven't seen it since then. And we've got a different Bobby and a different Roman now. So I'm way here for yeah. that. But, yeah, I mean, I think there's, like, I get the, hey, this is the way we want to portray it. Like, you know, he's gone through everyone. But there's so much great talent that he hasn't at least had a, a you know, a quick title match again or a title yeah. defense again. But, I don't know. Then we got Brock coming back. Uh, Were you yeah. surprised by that? Um, I think a little bit because it didn't feel like... I mean, it's been a few months, but it didn't feel like that long ago that Mania was. Uh, so I was a little surprised because I was like, who is it going to be? Because clearly someone was going to come out. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't sure who it was going to be. To be honest, it might not... I mean, it's most likely not a popular opinion, but I was more happy to see Brock than I probably would have been to see Cena. Just because Cena doesn't return to win. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. He hasn't won on a return in a long time where Brock will win and then disappear. You know what I mean? Like, so it adds that element of like, they could still give it to Brock, even if he's not going to be on TV. Like, they could just do that. Well, the the thing is, though, is that they've been um, saying uh, Cena's going to return, you know, Mm -hmm. on Monday. Exactly. So, you know, if he comes back a week and a half three, like, I think that would have been a little weird. That's true. What if you end up building? I know, I know what it looks like is we're going for Roman and Theory, or not Roman and Theory, Cena and Theory, and we'll talk about that on Raw a little bit. Or maybe we'll talk about it now. I don't give a shit, man. We don't have a format we have to keep keep to. We're just drinking, so uh, it looks like they're building towards Cena versus Theory because Theory online has talked some shit on Cena. Cena has said on on some interview that he's got his eye on Theory. Uh, this week, Theory came out and said he's the greatest United States champion in the history of the WWE. He said it was Cena's time, but his time has passed and my time is now. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I could talk shit about Cena because he's washed up. So they're clearly building towards that. But I'm going to be honest, like, yeah. apart from that being really good for Theory long term and in his terms of growth and learning and ability to to pick stuff up from some of the greats, maybe the greatest of all time, like, that's awesome for him but I have no excitement to see the match necessarily. Like I won't turn it off. I'm not against it happening, but the idea of like, this is, this is what I want is just not there. I think well, that I go ahead. I was just going to say, well, especially with a scene actually in green, mm-hmm. you know, like we saw it at SummerSlam last year and you know, I was definitely rooting for Cena. I, I yeah. still want to see Sammy Team. As much as I love Rick, like, yeah, I want to see Cena. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I was going to say, you can't have the dirtiest man in the game have the most titles. Yes. Like, like the best guy, not the best, but like the, the nicest guy, if you will. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He's the greatest in, in a lot of ways in and outside of the ring. So, so I agree that I do want to see Cena have a 13 or a 17, I mean. But the other thing is that the U.S. title, with as much as I think that Austin, or the, the, the Theory's doing a good job with it and the, the story he's got with Lashley is actually, to me, very entertaining, it is still very much feels like a, a lower tier. It does feel like a middle card thing. It, it feels like somebody on the come up. Cena coming in to go towards the middle and potentially lose in the middle kind of annoys me to a degree where I think that with, yeah. with having Brock and Roman, what if they threw Cena into that match too, just to, to spice it up a little bit? Have, I mean, we've never had a triple threat with those three and those three have a history between all of each other. Like there's every reason to say, Hey, now or never, let's do this. Yeah. I mean, I think that'd be good. Yeah. Like, you know, if Cena comes back to go after Theory and he doesn't win the U.S. title and Theory, you know, he puts Theory over, do you think that tarnishes Cena's legacy a little? No. Just because but, well, I'm coming from the, the point of the way you view Ronda Rousey in the U.S. Where she yeah. was so dominant, so dominant, and then her last couple matches, you know, she lost. 
And yeah. Cena, since he every time he comes back now, he just loses. Yeah. When was the last time Cena like won? Yeah, it it would remind me of Muhammad Ali, where Ali was just dominant fifty and zero, and then lost like five in a row at the end there, and then was like, okay, I better stop. I'm just getting my ass kicked all the time. Uh, because he couldn't keep up. So it would feel like it doesn't tarnish the legacy of Ali. No one says he's not one of the greatest. And no one, no one's against going back and watching some of his fights when he was in his prime. But nobody's watching those last five matches. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. I feel like the, I feel like it would be like that. Because, I mean, for 15 years, Cena's got a catalog of incredible matches and wins and victories and, and all the stories and stuff that you would go, yeah, that was the height of Cena. And then he came back towards the end when he just couldn't quite do it anymore uh, and helped a few people out. You know what I mean? Like, it would just feel like that that pocket at the end. So I don't think it would tarnish his legacy, but it would definitely start to slow down the excitement for his returns if he doesn't catch any wins any time. And everyone he goes into, you go, oh, that's who's going to beat him this year? Like, it's fine. And then no one's going to say, like, I don't want to see Cena. And everyone's going to buy his shirt and hat when it comes out. But, like, the the fever pitch you had with Roman and Cena at SummerSlam would not be there if he continues to lose. I could see, this is how I th- what I was thinking, you could do both. What if Cena comes in to take out Theory? You know, you run in your mouth, you little snot. And then you have a Brock or a Roman cost Cena for some reason. Or maybe it's not one of them directly. Maybe it's like a Sami Zayn, the honorary Oos, takes out, does something. Maybe he's got an issue with theory, and he prevents Cena on accident from winning. And then Cena's got an issue with the bloodline now. And now he's all like, hey, I was trying to do something else, but now you guys are in my business. Like, you could do something. It would take a little doings, be a little messy. But you could do something where Cena loses against Theory, but doesn't look weaker then, and then also has to now pivot into wanting to go up against Brock and Roman and sticking his nose into that match, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it could just be as simple as Cena telling Brock, like, hey, you cost me. Or not cost me, but last time I saw you, you attacked me. Yeah. You have fired me a few times at SummerSlam, and I haven't been back since, so... When I'm done with theory, I'm going after you or something like that. Yeah, that's true too. And then you and know, Brock can show up and say, involved. "Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." Or we can just have Vince go out there on Monday and just say, "Show the flare." Yeah, putting Cena in the match and oh. then throw the mic. Jump off the apron like he does. Yeah, be so good, so good. Uh, but yeah, I think I'd I'd like to see something like that, um, and maybe even let Cena pick it up in a triple threat where he pins Brock. Roman's pissed. You know what I mean? And can do something something there. You can we can have some fun with it. Doesn't have to be the same old same old. You know? Right when you said that, I all I could imagine was Sami Zayn, but he didn't lose it. But he yeah. didn't lose it like complaining to Adam. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'll take care of it. Don't worry, I'll get you your titles back. Yeah. <laughs> this is just another conspiracy against me. You know, yeah, you can see it. You can definitely see it. Yep. Uh, I want to talk to you about Madcap and Pat McAfee. Okay. Actually, I mean, it's Madcap and Corbin, and then Corbin and Pat McAfee. The Madcap <laughs> and Corbin match, the last laugh match, which I thought was fantastic. 
Yeah. It did ultimately end with Corbin grabbing a mic and yelling at McAfee for being a dick on commentary to him. Yeah. McAfee did not take kindly to this and gets the whole crowd to chant so many different chants. The way that he knows all these cities and towns and their local sports and what those sports teams like to do in the stands, I love it, dude. Because he worked it in so seamlessly. He did, but it's not hard. <laughs> like, he's a sports fan. You're not a sports fan, but you make it like hard, intricate work. No, it's just notable work. Dude, if Mac because sometimes it gets forced. No, hundred percent. He didn't but make I it mean, sound it's... forced. The way he did it was such I mean, was yeah. such that it came out so natural that he was just kind of mm-hmm. smirking, like, "Oh, they're gonna love," it. and they did it. And you're still like, "This is so great!" Like he, I mean, yeah, AJ I mean... Styles did it pretty naturally too with the Cornhuskers, but. Mm-hmm. But I like to see it when it looks more natural than forced. And sometimes you see, especially bad guys going out there, like Jericho. It was not all that clever for him to go to Chicago and say, "Ditka sucks." Okay, great. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're going to boo you, but what did it seem natural? Did it seem forced? Did it seem specific? You know what I mean? It's just, it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest line of all time. It was a good moment for him. And it was great the way he utilized that during commercial break, all that stuff, all that was good. But like the utilizing it in a way that seemed like natural and seamless wasn't there with AJ and McAfee and McAfee does it like every town. And I just think it's so great the way he is able to say it in such a way that sounds like he's just talking to the crowd and oops, I guess I said something that set them off. You know what I mean? And it's like, they're all cheering more. I love it. I just love it. Yeah. No, it does. It does come off. Like you said, natural when they do it. And I thought you just meant like getting the crowd involved with their sports teams. Like, that's what I was saying. It's not hard. Yeah. But making it sound natural, you know, it does take a little more work. Yeah, because I thought it was so funny when it's like right here and like M I N, and then just like did the pause, and then the whole crowd just do the whole fucking Minnesota thing, and then just like through. And I I like Corbin just looking out into the crowd like, really like, come on like. <laughs> this, this is what's getting you. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It was funny, dude. Uh, but it also gets me excited. What do you think about the idea of us getting Corbin versus McAfee? I mean, I would love it. Yeah. Like, McAfee's the man. Yeah. Like, you know, he's just ultra fan, you know, living out his boyhood dream, if you will. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Like, it's like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, getting him out there, showing what kind of athlete he is and how he can perform. Yeah. Like, it's... Amazing. You think we get that SummerSlam? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Like, there's no way they built it up that strong just to be like, no. I'm. I think they might even do it Money in the Bank. I thought they might do it Money in the Bank, but SummerSlam's going to be in a stadium. And I think McAfee is a stadium guy. I really do. Money in the Bank's not in a stadium, or no, it's outside. Yeah, yeah. SummerSlam's going to be in the stadium in Nashville. Money in the Bank's no longer in the stadium. I think if they were still going to be in the stadium, then maybe. But I think McAfee they, is a is a proven entity, and I think that you take advantage of that. 
Like, I think you do that to fill seats and not just like, hey, we're going to put it on the show in two weeks. Yeah. Because I think also his... The build he had towards Mania against Theory was so great. And when you think about it, like, there was very little there on the bone. Yeah. And he made it, like, seem like something you got to watch out for. And so, yeah, him and Corbin, and knowing those guys have been friends for so long, I can't fucking wait, dude. Yeah. I'm more excited for Corbin McAfee than I am for Cena Theory. Yeah. I'm not saying it'll be a better match. I'm saying I'll be more excited for it. Yeah, I mean, whenever I can be seen in the ring, I'm, I'm for it. I'm not against it. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily excited for it, necessarily. I feel like Cena yeah. Theory is a Raw match. I feel like... No, it's definitely a pay-per-view match. <laughs> but which pay-per-view is it Is it going to go to SummerSlam or is it Money in the Bank? Great balls of fire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Whenever I can yell John Cena's balls are on fire, I'm in. Yeah. Now I feel bummed that I left my, I took my John Cena towel just the other day away from here. It used to be right here, but I just moved it. I just found like four more too in the old storage unit. I found a bunch of Cena towels. I was like, all right. Nice. Uh, but yeah, dude. Uh, also, Madcap, what an amazing transformation he's gone through. I love it. Yeah, I think yeah, it's gonna I, be big for him. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. Like he's definitely a, a talent on the come up, and you know he's gonna be around for a while. I just hope that his name doesn't fucking hinder him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never liked the Madcap name. Yeah, I don't love it, but you know, it's what it is. I don't doesn't make me hate him. Well, to me, no, it doesn't make me hate him at all. But to me, he got the name strictly because, you know, to me, it was just because he was telling jokes with Corbin. Well, yeah, but that's the dewdrop effect. Yeah, they utilize a storyline to explain why they've given someone this name, and then once the storyline is passed, they go, "Well, it's too late now." It's Yeah, you're stuck. You're stuck. Can't change the name anymore. We've set a precedent. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite part, is they'll literally go through so much, like, in-your-face rebranding, but then with a couple of them, they kind of give a shrug, like, "Ah, what are we supposed to do, change the name? That's pretty much impossible at this point. stupid. (laughs) You're too much invested. No one would believe it. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. <laughs> uh, cheers to Lunar coming through the chat. Cheers, Lunar. All right, let's see. A new Day and Jinder Mahal and Shanky. I like New Day's uh, uh, Golden Girls gear. I like that a lot. Uh, and I thought it was a solid match. You. Yeah, it said, like, thank you for being a friend on it. It said Shady Pines uh, had their, their, like, silhouette faces on the butt. Um, oh, it wasn't thank you for being a friend. It was hashtag T-Y-F-A-F or whatever. Thank you for being a friend. B-A-F, whatever. It was the initials of it. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was Golden Girls gear, so I thought that was awesome. That's funny. Yeah. I have to go back and look at it. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I think if you go Probably to Kofi's uh, Instagram or his 
or his Twitter. I think Kofi posted pictures that were close up with an explanation of some of the stuff. So it's like right there for you. Uh, but yeah, I like the match. I like the stuff. I'm digging Shanky doing the thing that he's doing. Uh, but uh, I do wonder Shanky, where it's Shanky. going. Yeah. I mean, we get the return of the Disco Inferno. Oh, that's what it was too. Um, Xavier Woods using the trombone to force Shanky into dancing, <laughs> costing him the match. <laughs> like Shanky just can't control himself. It's not even his fault anymore. It's in his blood. Yeah. Yeah. So good, dude. Well, didn't they? Didn't they use the the Pod Piper reference? Like, mm-hmm. Or was that me just thinking? I don't know if it was. I mean, must have they must have said it because I thought the same thing. Yeah. It was unlikely we thought the I same mean, thing yeah. if it wasn't the line that was there. But I love it, dude. That was some of the silly shit that I like. Yeah. Like. It can be some. There can be some silliness if it's done in the certain ways. Some of the silliness I just can't handle. But yeah, this was stupid, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, and then Jinder just getting mad, tagging himself, and still losing. Yes, so good. Uh, Natalia's promo I thought was good. She's been coming off solid. Uh, Drew and Sheamus. Uh, that irritated the shit out. Okay, good. Dude, absolutely. Because was it? Sheamus is like saying, "What are we gonna do?" Drew's like, "What are we gonna do?" He's like, still trying to intimidate Pierce, and then Pierce is like, "I'm putting Sheamus in the match." So Drew attacks Sheamus like a good guy would, beat the shit out mm-hmm. of somebody for getting something, and like didn't even let Adam Pierce finish. Like yes, yes. The baby face <laughs> is like, "Oh, you're in the match. I'm gonna beat the shit out of you now because poor me." Yeah. Like what the fuck, yeah. dude? And then, yeah, uh, and then, yeah, and then well, then for Pierce to sit, turn around and go, like, well, I was gonna say it was you, and you know, obviously, like we knew that was gonna happen because whenever there's physical confrontation, ninety nine percent of the time Adam Pierce runs away. Yes, he's not got another thing to go. So when he's getting in between, I'm like, oh, he's not done talking. Yeah, <clears throat> and yeah. you know, for them to put both of them in the match, like. To me, it pisses me off. I think it would have served a lot better, especially if you're not planning on giving either of them money in the bank. Who knows? You know, time will tell. Yeah. But, like, to tell them, hey, you guys didn't win. You didn't qualify. Yeah. That's it. Both of you are out. We're, we yeah. have to now find two more people to be in. Yeah. I think and it's then, also stupid because you know, it sets a precedent for the tournament, and realistically, it's wrestling, right? So... Precedent means nothing a lot of the time. But realistically, if you wanted to look at it from like a an objective standpoint, everyone should get themselves double disqualified because then they're both put in the match. If yeah, the idea is you've 100%. set up a tournament, like you've set up all these qualifying matches, so the winners, there will be one winner for each qualifying match. Well, now because you put two of them in, theoretically, you have matches planned to put people in that match. Now you're going to have one too many people in there, right? Like the idea is to whittle it down. What should have happened is I, I think, you should, like you said, they said, hey, you're neither one of you are qualified, but you're in luck because at the end of the turn, at the end of all the qualifying matches, everyone who lost will be in a match to determine the wild card 
you know, and we'll do an elimination match. The final two instead of one will be in the match. And if you guys can make it to the final two, then you're both in. If you guys don't make it to yeah. the final two, then you're out. You know what I mean? Like, do something. Or, make it a little, yeah, like. A battle royal. Yeah. Like, the final two are in, you know. It's fine, but, like, yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. No, oh, well, neither one of you did. could follow the rules, so you both win. Yeah. You guys bullshit. didn't win. You didn't lose either. But you both win. Yes. Yep. I was like, yeah. They got participation awards for Money in the Bank. Yes. Seamus and Drew did. Yes. And I didn't like it. And I didn't like that Drew came off as the asshole there. Like He's always an asshole. That's, like, and he's, he's bothering me. Yeah. Like, truthfully, I don't think it'd be... Like, if Drew was just a heel, I'd be okay with it. Like, mm-hmm. across the board. Like, I would love it. You know, he... Yeah, he works well. Like, you know, he fits the bill. He looks like a, you know... Like an action figure, like you always say. Yeah. Like, make him just... He's a fucking heel. Just fucking deal with it. Yeah. See, my thing is, I'm wondering if they want... Like, he's coming off to me like a... Like, he's trying to be the rock, kind of. Yes. Where, hey, I'm going to make fun of you. I'm going to be an asshole. But yet, I'm the face. And it's just coming off all wrong. Yeah. It doesn't work unless you have charisma like Stone Cold or The Rock. And I don't think he yes. has that level of charisma. I'm not saying he doesn't have no. any charisma, but he doesn't have that level where yeah. you can just get away with it. Like, oh, and no, my, I'm watching always... it just going, like, what a dick. Yeah. Well, he's always been branded, like, just a straight, like, killer. Like, yes. you know, the Scottish psychopath. Like, just nothing but business. Like, he's got to die on the prize, like, this and that. So, you know, just, ah, it's frustrating. That's all I can say about that. Yeah, me too. I agree. I'm happy that they're both in the match. Realistically, I think it will make the match better. I don't like how yes. it got there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yo, dude, Sami Zayn and Caleb Braxton backstage. It was pretty solid. So good. I it's think so that I, as much as I know that people appreciate Caleb Braxton on some level, I do not think she gets the credit she deserves by a long shot. She is a functional character in that world. She's not just a backstage interviewer. She has a ton of personality, a ton of charisma, and no lines. You know what I mean? And that is impossible. They give her the one or two lines she's meant to say, and then the rest of the time she's saying it all with her eyes. Like, Mm -hmm. all of it. Her actions, like, yeah, when she kept, like, looking at the door, looking at Sammy, like, but she also no, wasn't cartoonishly even... doing it. She wasn't, like, pointing at yeah. it with her arm and then pointing at him. She wasn't, like, bird-necking all the way over there. She just was, like, looking towards it with her eyes. And then, you know, her head would turn just slightly. And then she would turn slightly towards Sammy. And then her eyes would move and her head wouldn't. And then her eyes moved back. And it's kind of like, are you going to go? And then she kind of, like, leaned into him a little bit. Like, almost like she's nudging him, but she's not. She just leans in just slightly. And then Sammy walks away. And I was like... What an amazing conversation that just happened with no words. Yeah, that's my favorite kind of conversation. Since producer lady's not here, I'll tell you I had a conversation like that once <laughs> on a bus with the Brazilian woman, and it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. I 
could just like I can't see your feed, but I could just imagine you still like looking around the room first before you said that. Gotta make sure. You gotta make sure. Like you just never know. <laughs> and I says, I says, then I says. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just I wanted to give Kayla her flowers there because I feel like that with as good as she is, she also was not overshadowed by Sami Zayn, who is yep. one of the absolute best at this right now, and especially these kinds of segments. The character work Sami Zayn does is in top five of all time. Like his actual character work and development is one of the greatest of all time. Like to not be overshadowed and be able to blend in with a guy like that, I think is fantastic. And that's not to say that her uh, interactions with with Paul Heyman probably didn't help. But there was also yeah. a Paul Heyman callback, right? Kayla walks over, Sami Zayn turns around and gets spooked. Ah! Like yeah. Paul Heyman used to. I loved it. Yeah. I just thought it was so good. And, and how many times do you see a promo where the interviewer is just completely irrelevant? Yes. Most of the time. Almost always. You know, so, yeah. So when you have her there, you know, holding her own, like you said, without trying to outshine the other person. Yes. And it just comes off like natural and clean. Like, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Uh, let's see. We got Raquel Rodriguez. She's. I was a little bummed Shayna didn't win that match. Yeah. When... Something's not clicking with Shayna, dude. I don't know what it is because I think she's so good, but something is just not clicking with her. She's just kind of floating around, and I feel like that they need to do something with Shayna because she's got she's got so much there to like contribute. You know what I mean? And she's just kind of somebody who comes out there sometimes and has a match or two and looks serious and then disappears again. Like I feel like they're they're missing the boat with her. Somehow. No, hundred percent. You know, as much as we complained about that elimination chamber where she eliminated everyone. You know, so just like complain. Yeah, a lot. But, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even during this match, they were like, "Oh, she set the record of you know most eliminations in a women's Royal Rumble, you know, in 2020." And it's like, okay, then why isn't she somebody? That's true. Sometimes when they push so hard, why somebody should be a threat here, it almost makes mm-hmm. it sound like they've fallen off. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all like, oh, remember a couple years ago they did this, and then two years ago they did that, and then and then a year before that they were doing this. It's like so dominant. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they should follow it up with, what the hell happened here? You know, <laughs> like yeah. she's been shit for the past two years, and we can't figure out why because she's not a worse fighter today than she was before, presumably. But mm-hmm. it's almost how it comes off sometimes. You know, longest reigning yeah. NXT dominant NXT champion. You know, elimination chamber. You know, runs rough shot. Most eliminations in the Royal Rumble. Bites Necky's neck right off. Neckies. Yeah. Necky. <laughs> Neckies. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's all like, but can't catch a break anymore. You're just kind of like, well, shit, man. Like, you know, it's, it is weird. But uh, she but doesn't yeah. win matches. Yeah, but she just doesn't win matches. So here we are. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a... Uh, uh, it was a decent match for what it was. I don't think anyone looked bad here. No, you know, it was one of those where, like, 
going into it, if you know, if there was a, a bet on it in Vegas, like I'd have been like, yo, I'm putting a lot of money on Raquel Rodriguez. Yes. Yeah, they're doing big stuff with her. Do yeah. you think Raquel you know, has a shot at Money in the Bank? I mean, as of now, yeah. Yeah. You just got to look at the other women in it and the way they're building her. You know, you almost got to take the the Naya or the Andre approach where everyone's gonna got to gang up on her to mm. keep her out. I'll be honest. I think that one of the one of the big differences between the men's money in the bank and the women's money in the bank just historically is the men's money in the bank originally started as somebody who you thought didn't have a shot at it finally getting a shot you know what i mean and nowadays it's really kind of getting away from there and with the women it's never been that it's always been women who probably should already be champion holding that that briefcase and realistically Carmella is the only woman to hold the Money in the Bank briefcase for longer than a day. Everyone's cashed it in either the night of or the next night. Nikki's the closest we have to, oh, shit, I didn't think that she would win it. You know what I mean? Everyone else was kind of like, oh, yeah, of course. And, yeah, they'll probably cash it in tonight. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I, That's the only reason why I don't think Raquel's got a shot here is because she still really feels like on the come up. And it doesn't feel like she has her footing as a character at all. She's just smiley, generic baby face. Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah. Like, I see your point. She's big, and they're building her as a threat and as a badass, and I think she's going to continue to keep winning. But I just don't see her with the briefcase. Like, they're only giving that to already established entities. Yeah. Well, like you just said, like, character-wise, like, she'd be, like, the way they're building her now is she'd be the type to call her shot. Yes. You know, and I fucking hate when they do that, first of all. Yeah. Yep. Second of all, like, but, see, I just see the women that are in it, right? Yeah. You know, that have qualified, and it's like, there's no one on like her level, if you will. Like just size and stature and you know I don't know what you're talking about, dude. You have Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, uh Lacey Evans, and uh uh Carmella are all in the oh wait no, Carmella's not money in bank. Uh Asuka. Uh they're all in it right now and they're all former champions. Raquel's the only one who no, really I'm... feels like who the fuck are you? No, 100%. I'm not saying, you know, their accolades. I'm just saying their size and... Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. you know, they're she all... She shouldn't be out there, like, Pretty dominating. small. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, what would you think of Lacey on commentary? It was fucking weird, dude. Yeah. I like it how, was, like, McAfee's sitting there, so... like, talking about Raquel being powerful and dominant, and then Lacey just goes, big! And you're like, great. Thanks for adding that. <laughs> She just would Thanks say random pizza. words. Yeah. Pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the thing I didn't like that I didn't get, and it was either Cole or Maxie, like saved her ass 100%. But yes. when she started cheering at the end, 
Yeah. Yes, yes. And I'm like, okay, either one, you're extremely afraid of Shayna. Yes. Or two, you're just dumber than a box of rocks. Yeah. Neither one makes you and look was, great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just, I was so, like, confused by that. She's like, yeah. yeah. Like, not even just like, oh, right, she wanted, like, a baby face. Like, all right, you know, good for her. She, you know, outperformed her, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was, like, a sincere, like, you know, your team just won the World Series almost. And you're just like, fuck, yeah. Hell, yeah. And I was like, yo, calm down. You got to fight her now. Yeah. Along with this. There's seven in there? Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing I don't get. I don't like how there's seven. Yeah. There either needs to be eight or six. Like, seven, just an odd number. Like, there's two shows. Unless they give, like, how cool would it be if they actually gave the seven spot to, like, an NXT town? That'd be cool. You know, not necessarily win, but a showcase, kind of like how they do in the Rumble, but they can actually showcase. Like, yeah. I think it'd be fucking awesome. That could be cool. Bruce or whoever's in charge now. Seven spot, NXT. Yeah. I'm trying to think who would be like... It'd be cool to see someone like an EO. Because she hasn't even been seen on NXT yeah. for a while. So, mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're trying to utilize it to say, like, here's who we got in NXT. Sort of like when they had Braun Breaker on Raw for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would think you'd want to give it to somebody... Almost like a Tiffany Stratton, who's going to do some really impressive, crazy shit because she's a an Olympic gymnast that they have. Yeah. Uh, so I would think you'd want to do something crazy like that, or even like and a Casey, somebody... or not Casey anymore, but Katana Chance, formerly Casey Catanzaro. Yeah. Like she'd be a good one to put in a match like that where she just fly the fuck around. How hilarious would it be if she's like holding on to money in the bank, but she doesn't weigh anything, so it's not coming down. Just doesn't move. Yeah. I know it's a. Yeah, I know it's a clip, but yeah, I've always wanted somebody to do that. They're like, "Oh my gosh, they got the titles!" And instead of holding on the thing, actually hold on to the title. Yeah, the title doesn't come off. So good, dude. <clears throat> but I mean, like, I think yeah. it'd be great, like, you know, just with the NXT point, where you don't bring up like a Mandy Rose. Yeah. You know, love Mandy Rose, but everyone's familiar. With her. Yeah. Or yeah. somebody like a Alba Fire, formerly Kaylee Ray, she would be a good one because mm. she's seasoned as hell and she's been doing this a really long time and she's undergoing a new uh, character transformation on NXT to have her pop up and look like a total badass in that ladder match and then go back to NXT. Yeah. People could be like, "Oh, who is that?" Like mm-hmm. she could be a good one to throw and in there. And then they immediately, whatever, if they did that, whatever talent they pick. You know, if they don't win, which, you know, who knows? They probably won't. But if they don't win, immediately is in the title conversation in NXT. Yes. Hey, what makes you think, or, you know, why do you think you, you know, you're better than me? We're going to leapfrog me and try to go to the main roster type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think, yeah. And I do think that Alba Fire might be the one to dethrone Mandy anyway, so she might be good to do that on both sides. Hey, this is awesome. And then, mm-hmm. and then, because they always have those NXT commercials on there, when she beats Mandy Rose for the title, you do this whole, hey, like, here you got, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is who you got. Uh, Max Dupree. Max Dupree. 
Did not bring out the maximum male models because the lighting was horrible. Adam Pierce is shit. So he's got to get that stuff sorted out. I like Max Dupree a lot, but I do want something to happen here with somebody. Dude, it's so, like, I understand the slow play on a lot of things. That's true. You know, I see it, but I just don't like how before it was, oh, he was in Europe. For whatever reason why they bumped it, who knows why. Mm-hmm. But, oh, he's in Europe and, you know, travel restrictions or whatever, flight got delayed, something stupid. That was out of his control, which is, okay, whatever. But I think if they would have played it off, like, he realized he was in, I don't know where they were last week or the previous week, you know, Kansas or whatever. He doesn't yeah. want, you know, there's no way that he wants to show up in Kansas and show off his new job. And then, oh, the lighting's not right. It reminds me of, uh, oh, who did it recently that was like that? Eva Marie, for a while, wouldn't yeah, perform yeah, that's, all the that's time. That's who it was, yeah. yeah. Where it's like, oh, no, this, you know, it's because of this. You know, just coming up with stupid excuses, but it's like, you know, if if his excuses are, you know, like the lighting and vain, like, even more than Eva Marie, then fine. Like, you know, build build it up. But, like I said, for the first excuse and then this excuse, I'm like, eh. I'm a little annoyed. Yeah, I'm a little annoyed just because I think he's so good that giving him, like, 30 seconds a week, it's like, like you said, it's a, it's a total slow play. And to me, I'm just so anxious to get a year down the line where we've had him here and we know what's going on and everything's happening with him. Yeah. You know I mean, like, yeah. and just excited to see him. Like, But, you know, yeah. It is what it is, but we'll see. Ludwig and Gunther doing their thing. I was into that. Uh, and then we had the main event, so we could talk Raw because we already talked the main event. Yeah. I'm excited as Gunther is a champion. I really want to – I can't wait to see more and more of him doing his thing. You know what I mean? Like, he's a badass. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, for everyone that, you know, remembered him before as Walter, like – should be excited. Yes. Yep. Uh, let's talk Raw, though. Raw opened up with Bianca Belair. I will say that during the match that they got to, Bianca was ringside watching the match, and it felt like what Lacey should have been doing as a babyface, being excited about the competition and thinking that the women are doing great is one thing, but like cheering the victor is way different. You know what I mean? Like The way that Bianca mm-hmm. was watching this match, which was, um, which was Asuka versus Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch versus... Alexa Bliss versus Carmella uh, to face Bianca because Rhea's injured, which ironically mm-hmm. last year the Money in the Bank match was meant to be Bian- uh, Bianca versus Bailey, but that's when Bailey got injured. So now we've had Bailey out for a year. So it almost feels like someone said it's the curse of Bianca Belair and Money in the Bank. Yeah. Uh, and the way that Bianca was watching it was like she couldn't believe how good this she, like it was like she was jealous that she couldn't be in there fighting. Like she just likes competition that much and wants to be driven. You know what I mean? Where that's not what Lacey was giving off. This was like, you could see Bianca just being like, I can't wait to be in there proving myself, you know? Yeah. Uh, But I want to know what you thought of the opening promo segment where everyone kind of came out and said a few things here and there to me. They all did fine, but something seemed a little off, almost like they were all given what they were supposed to say minutes before they went out there. Cause it was almost like there wasn't as 
the kind of emotion I was expecting. It was almost a little dry, but it wasn't bad. But even but if if Alexa Bliss even comes off a little dry, it makes me think something's up because typically the one thing you can count on Alexa Bliss more than anything is she's going to talk. You know what I mean? She's mm-hmm. going to she's going to come off supernatural and fantastic, and she wasn't even that lively. Uh, Carmella, I think, yeah. probably did the best, and Becky, but. I was a little surprised by um, Bianca and Alexa seeming to be a little bit off, you know? Yeah, it it was just a little... Like you said, it wasn't necessarily awkward, but it was just, you know... Like some, like you said, something's just a little off. Yeah, something that and, I can put my finger on it. Yeah. But see, to me, a lot of it was this hype of who's going to face Bianca at Money in the Bank. But yet, two of the talent are already are in the ladder match for Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I know they played it off as, oh, well, you know, you get a straight shot. And I think it would have been cool if that happened. And, like, okay, now we have another qualifying match, which opens up a match on Raw or yeah. whatever. Or even on, you know, the kickoff. Like, I think it'd be cool if they did that. Like, hey, we're still yeah. missing one woman. Like, you know, yeah, that'd be good. We're gonna have a match on the kickoff, and then oh, this person had two matches in one night. You know, that's the kind of like underdog lives Morgan story that we would like or that we expect. Yeah, where it's like, oh shit, you know, her only shot is if she wins this match on the pre-show and then does money in the bank and then she wins that. Like, it'd been like, holy shit. Yeah, but you know. It just, like I said, it just seemed something wasn't clicking, and I think it was just that, I don't know, as a fan watching it, it felt like, well, two out of the four are, you know, aren't going to be there, and they are already announced Becky versus Asuka the week before to... Uh, to qualify money in the or for money in the bank, so it was like, yeah, it's like four out of five were kind of spoken for for money in the bank. Yeah, yeah, you know. So the match itself though was know. really good. It even had the crowd chanting "This is awesome" and stuff, and I loved the yeah. match. I thought it was I thought it was built so perfectly. Like everyone got to to shine a little and showcase, and everything came off super believable. And I loved it. I thought it was an awesome opening match. Yeah. Oh yeah. And every time I see somebody counter the twisted fist, like that hurts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I see that every time the knees come up, you know, because you're expecting, okay, this is it. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the finisher, and then the knees come up, and you're just like, man, she's like fully exposed when that happens. Yeah. But either way, yeah, the match was great. You know. I think Carmella, you know, did great. It's going to be great to see her and Bianca. You know, I hope in the next... Well, we only have one week, right? Money yeah. in the bank, the week from Saturday. Yeah. I hope Carmella leans hard into SummerSlam of last year. Yes. Just for the storyline. Yeah. You know, hey, I got screwed out of my opportunity. I had to re you know, regain my opportunity against you, you know. Yeah. And I hope that's the way they go with it, because if not, it just won't make sense, I guess. 
I like how when Carmella wins, the crowd boos and Carmella starts laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's so awesome every time. And then she'll go over there and they'll just boo louder and louder and she starts blowing the crowd kisses and stuff. Like, she's so good, dude. She's so underrated. Yeah. No. You, as much as they mention it on commentary, you know, obviously with Corey and Carmella's relationship, do you think that they it would get more of a, a heel response if she goes over there and, like, gives Corey a little smooch? Just like, you know. Well, she's done it. Oh, did you miss some of the episodes? There was one episode she just straight up sat in his lap and they tongued. No, really? <laughs> it was gnarly, dude. Just... <laughs> And then, like, you could even see people on the other side of the barricade sitting there just being, like, totally grossed out. Just being like, oh, God. Because it was like, yeah, they definitely played that card a bit. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. <laughs> so, I'll tell you it worked. So, you're right in that theory. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. But are you excited for a Carmella-Bianca match? I am. I think they're both fantastic. I think that... I mean, I guess it's pretty close to foregone conclusion. Carmel is not likely to win it, and that part's a little bit of a bummer. But I think that I do think she could. I think Carmella is a believable champion. She's held it a number of times before. I did like that part of her thing where she was trying to get Liv out of the match, and then uh, mm-hmm. Alexa came out and stood up for her. And I liked that uh, Becky was being a snarky little shit on the side and. I also liked where um, um, I like the fact that Carmella pinned Liv to get the win because, like I've been saying, they gotta build this Daniel Bryan-like story with Liv. The crowd's more and more behind her. She's getting screwed out of every little thing like this. People are gonna be going like, "What the fuck?" And then by the time that I think you play it off till Mania, I think you wait till the, this coming up Mania and get Liv in title shot and blow it off there and fucking have the whole roof blow up, you know? Yeah, yeah, I definitely can see that. Or you know. Would like to see that. I see a lot of but people see, are claiming think... they want to see Liv win the Money in the Bank and get the championship that way, but I think you have her screwed out of that too. Really, pull it. Yeah, I think I think you need a similar situation where, like with Becky, where hey, I did my move, then I got thrown out. The other person capitalized. I think you need that a couple of times with Liv. Mm-hmm. Just being like, damn, she was right there. She had her moment. Yep. But because there's other women involved you know, they capitalized. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm excited for the match. Cause I think it's going to be a great match. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I think people are going to underplay it, but I think it's going to be great. Uh, and what do you think of Carmella's not going out there with a mask? Now? I like that their excuse for it was Corey said yeah, that, uh, you got insurance on her face. He said, if anything yeah, happens to her face, we both won't ever work again. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah you know, I thought that was funny, but, you know, I thought they were going to lean into, once again, the wedding a little more. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't have to look good for pictures, so now oh, she's back to her fighting self or whatever, you know. But What's funny is a uh, producer lady told me on their podcast, Bear With Us, that someone had asked her what her favorite part of or what she was most excited about getting married to Corey before they got married. And she said, mm-hmm. people aren't going to believe this, but honestly, the insurance, like to be on his insurance policy is going to be great. Like, 
because they weren't married. He's got employee insurance through WWE. She's got her own insurance through freelancing, effectively, through the contracting. You have to pay for your own insurance. So yeah. to be able to be a part of his insurance is going to save them a bunch of money, and it's a good insurance policy to be on. So it, so she laughed at it because she said it actually works with the reality of it too, which she was saying she's going to be excited to be on his insurance for him to say that like yeah. she doesn't need to wear a mask anymore because I've insured her. It's so fucking funny. Okay. Yeah. It was like long-term storytelling. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, let me see. But yeah, I thought the match was awesome, and I'm excited about it. Carmella is so underrated. Uh, Lynch is amazing. Uh, well, let's see. All, all the women in that match are amazing. Yeah, they're all fantastic. Uh, I'm saying yeah. the character work of Becky is outrageous right now. If you want, we can fast forward I mean, talk the main event too, because we've already talked about the women. Let's talk about the main event: Oscar versus Becky. The match mm-hmm. was another fantastic match between the two of them. They worked so well together. It uh, shouldn't be any surprise. Liv, uh, Lynch takes a super clean loss and then breaks down on the outside, crying, shaking, like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? How do I get back? Like, we're watching the downfall uh, of Becky Lynch, and every time she says that she's at rock bottom, she's got nowhere to go but up, she finds another step down to fall. Yeah, I think her character, I mean, what she's doing, is fucking outstanding. Oh, yeah, 100%. And she... I'm trying to think, like, how many losses does she have now in a row? Becky? Well, she got yeah. one win somewhere in there, too, so I wouldn't say in a row, but since she's since Mania, I think she's lost three or four times. But she's oh, caught really? one or two wins in there, yeah. Oh, for some reason, to me, it seems like a lot higher than that. Like I mean, the, the way she talks like about it, she it enough. feels that way. Yeah. yeah. Her character feels like it's a lot, too, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think what she's doing is so fucking phenomenal. Like, I feel like that Becky Lynch is, is already in the talk of, like, the level of an icon that you would think of in, in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, she's an iconic character at this point, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely... Like, when you think of women's wrestling, you know, greatest of all time, if you will, or Mount Rushmore, as, hate, as much as I hate that term. Yeah. Like, you got to think, like, when we look back at this in 15 years, like, who exactly is going to stand out? Yeah. You know, we've, you know, she's uh, arguably been the most popular woman in wrestling for at least two, three years, right? Yeah. It's coming up on that? Like, I mean, Rumble was 2019. That was three years ago. And she was already the man. You know she, what I mean? Yeah, so you're talking like four years. Already, yeah, she was already Because I want to say it was SummerSlam 2018 that she turned on Charlotte. And just propelled her. Which I still love. Like, but you can tell that was like so by accident. Oh, yeah. I love it. We've been trying to give Charlotte like, uh, yeah, we're gonna turn Charlotte into a super finally, baby face. Yeah. Becky slaps are her, gonna... and then the whole crowd was like, "Fuck you!" That happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You think they're gonna finally rebrand Charlotte? 
Um, I hope they do. I hope they rebrand her as All Elite. <laughs> Complete rebranding. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. But yeah, I thought the main event was amazing. Yeah. yeah it was good. It was, to me, it was kind of expected. Yeah. Like, you know, it sucks because there's a lot of times where I, you know, I've always been a wrestling fan. And ever since we started this podcast, I like dig more into it. So I see a lot of the times where I'm like, all right, this is probably going to happen instead of this. You know, it sucks sometimes just sitting back and enjoying it for what it was but yeah I mean the main event was great I do think I'm just that... wondering when Becky's chance or you know another title shot's gonna come yeah where will be the rise of Becky at this point like yeah mm-hmm. I'm curious too but also I find her character to be one of the most fascinating ones to watch oh, I yeah. think as much as like when we first started we were really digging into a lot of minutia I do think that we, at least with me, and I think, I think you've mentioned it too. Some of the segments we love the most are the ones that we really kind of forget that part of it, and we're just so sucked in, as just a, just every moment of it. And I feel like the characters like Becky and Sammy do that, where you just kind of watch with a smile on your face, and you're just all like, "This is just incredible." And then you go back on it, you're like, "I don't know what to say about it other than I loved every second of it." And I don't remember what how it all played out. You know what I mean? Like, you just get so lost in it. Yeah. Where then you have stuff like Riddle vs. Almost, and it's a little easier to kind of watch it and critique it a little bit. You kind of be like, all right, well, what are we doing here? What's this? Like, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, it was. I thought it was cool. I'm interested in the idea that we're getting Seth versus Riddle as a story. Yeah. It's it's weird because Seth is also teased a few times about him and Roman. Yes. You know? I always beat Roman. I always beat him. You know? Yeah. So, you know, once again, looking at it, it's like, well, why haven't we had Seth versus Roman? Yeah. Well, was it the Rumble? Yeah, but... I know. I, yeah. I feel the same way. It was like, it, that was not enough. Yeah. It felt like a one-off. Yeah. But, I mean, Seth versus... Riddle is going to be great. I'm surprised, Riddle, because Seth said a few times he would never work with Riddle. So I'm wondering how much Riddle had to beg and plead and apologize for some of the dumb shit he'd said in the past. Because if I remember correctly, he had talked some shit on Becky. And that's when Seth said, yeah, I'm not working with him. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Either way. I think we're gonna get some awesome matches out of it for sure. Yeah. Gives us something to do while Cody re- reattaches his arm. Yeah, we're looking better. Some awesome yeah. updates. Do you think Seth's a little stiff with Riddle? I hope so. That is so my Riddle's absolute one of the guys desire. That can just take it. Yes, that's why I hope so. <laughs> Look how much Riddle's selling. He's not selling. He's legitimately getting his ass kicked right now. Yeah, like Cody and Hell in a Cell. People are all like, oh, he sold like a million bucks. You're like, no, he didn't. He just happened to be there, and it was excruciating. He was a victim. Yes, he was a victim here. 
<laughs> so good. Uh, theories? The whole segment here with Bobby Lashley? I actually thought it was really good. Like, I thought I was going to be so sick and tired of this bullshit. And I was like, and we're still doing some fucking flexing. Theory worked with the crowd very well. Like, when they were booing him real loud, he would tell them to shut up to get them even more riled up. Like, he didn't think they were going to stop. He was getting them even more riled up, which made it It even better. Go ahead. I was going to say, it reminded me a lot of Rick Rude. Yeah. Yes. Like, you know, hey, you sweat hog, you know, whatever you say. Yeah. Like, it reminded me a lot of that. Like you said, when he was like, shut up, you know, like, Hey, I'm trying to focus here, and you know them yeah. just be like, "Oh, well, fuck you!" I'll wait. And, you know, yeah. yeah, I'll wait, I'll wait. Yeah. And what it was was it was a mechanism to get them so fucking riled up. Because think about it, like when you can scope out and look at it for the whole segment, it was getting them so riled up that they weren't just casually booing; they had to like get fucking mad at him and annoyed at him. So when Bobby yeah. showed up in the in the the shadows, as it were, mm-hmm. that they blew for him. You know what I mean? And then Austin or Theory could then really fucking like take advantage of it. like, oh, I know. Like, yeah. you know, really yeah, acting like they're cheering for him. Yeah. yeah. It's about time you're cheering for me. Thank and you. They, and Thank they wouldn't have popped you. so hard for Bobby if he didn't get them to be so pissed at him before. Like, that was just amazing oh, wow. crowd work. Because otherwise it just wouldn't have been a bit of a cheer. And then they started chanting for Bobby. And like... Mm-hmm. He acted confused about that. I forget the line he said, but I thought it was really good. Like, and then he does the selfies. He's Bobby, and it is what it is. And dude, I saw someone mention because Bobby Lashley sprayed uh, that oil in Theory's face. Someone online said, "I never thought the WWE would be stealing Nakazawa's gimmick here, but here they are doing it on Raw." Nakazawa was the guy in AEW who would cover himself in baby oil during the matches, so he could slip out of holds and stuff that we thought was just absolutely ridiculous really early on. And I was like... No, there's a difference. That is there's... such a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he was joking, but no, it didn't look to me like he was. Because if he was joking, then that's a good joke. If he was serious, then it's all like... In that tweet. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, for, whatever remind... for whatever reason, it reminded me when you said that of Family Guy with Oiled Up Deaf Guy. Oh, yep. Like, oh, so we can run away. <laughs> yep. They catch me. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, yeah, just the complete stretch on that. Like, hey, it's baby oil. So they both use baby oil. You know, that, that's not a segue or, you know, a it common a, ground there. Yeah, and it was a posing thing. So the baby oil was yeah. for the muscles. It wasn't used in the middle of a match to get out of a hold. Like, yeah, it was. Mm. It just was using what was around you. The same way they use a chair, because it's the reason they've always used chairs is because there's chairs ringside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, that's. Yeah, it was a stretch, and it was funny. Yeah. Uh, I liked backstage where that Kevin dude pops out to interview theory and he goes, what is with you guys? Like just jumping up out of nowhere. Like, (laughs) yeah, like, it's so weird, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, Jay Uso and Angela Dawkins, uh, didn't really care for and kept it moving. You know, what's funny about this. Uh, I give the street profits a lot of shit and I'm not going to stop now, but 
Montez Ford has been putting on a lot of size. They have the twos. Uh, Ford's been putting on a lot of size and looking like better than ever. We hadn't seen him for a while and he kind of popped out like with his tank top on. I was like, oh shit, his arms are way bigger than they were. Like he went from looking kind of strong to look kind of uh, scrawny to looking real big. Uh, And I remember when they first got to the main roster, we started seeing Dawkins cutting weight and looking good. And I feel like he's putting on weight again. It looks like he's stopped working as much anymore. I really feel like we're going to see a split between the two of them. I don't see how you keep them together. You, well, you have to, you know, just at this point. Like like you said, like one of them looks great, and the other one looks like us. For the you record, know, like... my arms are much better than they used to be. <laughs> Dude, that's what cracks me up, too. Because if I'm being honest, oh yeah, it cracks me up because when I see people talk shit about Adam Cole and his physique, I see a lot of people being like, unless you train like he does, you got nothing to say. It's always these fat people saying this stuff. And it makes me laugh because I'm like, I do like 20 to 50 push-ups every three to six days. You know what I mean? Like I don't work out heavy, but in the past six months... My arms are bigger and look better than Adam Cole's right now. So what I'm saying is not that my cardio is better than him, but just he wouldn't have to do much to make a difference. So it really makes me wonder. You know what I mean? Like knowing full well that my arms have doubled in size by doing less than 100 push-ups a week and not doing workouts every day, but just eating healthier and – every other day doing like 20 or 30 push-ups and then being like, all right, I've had enough. Like I'm lazy and my arms are bigger than his. Like I just, I'm confused because it doesn't take much effort to look a little better than he looks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's the part that gets me is I know it's a laziness because I'm lazy and I'm seeing better results. My chest is bigger than his. Yes. My chest is bigger than yours and I'm as lazy as it gets working out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, and that's the thing, like, that got me was when we were talking about uh, Pat McAfee. Mm -hmm. It was like, hey, are you excited yet? You know, he's got good wins under his belt. And it reminded me of a sports thing where the NCAA NCAA does quality of wins and trying to make the March Madness turn. So, oh, if you beat this good team, it's this, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, Pat McAfee beating Adam Cole, you know, it was like, holy shit. Like, that's a, that's a he, huge win. He lost that match. Oh, I thought he won. No. He won to us because he was the one that everyone was talking about. Yeah. But Maybe he ultimately just lost the match. Yeah. Maybe it was just me just trying to sleep it off. And I played out a different scenario in my head. I'm pretty confident. I'll look it up, but I'm pretty confident he lost. Hey, one of those Mandela effects. I know. Oh, but anyways, well, my point's null and void now. Yeah, Adam Cole beat Pack and McAfee, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he kicked fucking Adam Cole's head off, and that was dope. But yeah, uh... But I was just saying that because I thought it was funny. A lot of people talking shit, and I'm all like, yo, if he did like 50 push-ups a week, no one would have this to say about him. He would look fine. His metabolism looks great, and he does enough other stuff, I imagine. It's just fucking funny. I don't Speaking... think he does 
I don't think he does at all. I think what's funny is like someone said, unless you train like him, I don't want to hear it. And I was like, I have a feeling that the fat gamers <laughs> complaining absolutely train like him. Yeah, I train. Like him. <laughs> uh, either way, let's talk a little more about Raw, dude. It happened. Elias is back. Ezekiel was there to hype him up. Elias came out and had his little concert. Kevin Owens came out trying to ruin it. Ezekiel spoke on the Tron. Ezekiel was backstage to Kevin Owens after Elias smashed a guitar over his back. Everything Ezekiel, Kevin Owens, Elias, and now introducing the character, uh, the, the third brother, Elrod. Yeah. I fucking love all of it, dude. These guys are incredible. And what makes it even better is all of it is such a meta storyline making fun of the IWC. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Uh, if... I even saw someone complain online, or they were making a joke. They're like, what's so funny about this Kevin Owen thing is, is why does he care so bad? Why is he so upset over Ezekiel? Like, why does he just leave them alone? And I was like, I love that you guys are starting to see that that's been the point all along. Is why the fuck do you get do you literally yell on podcasts about someone's name changing? Yeah. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I apologize. Well, I was just gonna say like if this was if this storyline was in the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. like we'd probably say this is one of the worst storylines ever. Yes. Like we'd put it up there that this is terrible, this is stupid, mm-hmm. but for today's day and age. Like you said with the IWC and you know everyone flipping out about the littlest shit. You know mm-hmm. we do too, but we try and keep it a little within range. Yeah. But like, it's an immediately immediate slap back to all these people complaining about the stupidest shit, and it's just a hey, we're gonna do this. You guys are gonna. Do and it's straight gold yeah it is amazing I saw people trying to be all like you're not going to fool me that's a fake beard I'm like I love that you think that you're so fucking smart right now yeah you're not going to work me I can see it's a fake beard dude in this stupid fucking uh, gotcha bitch review that I pulled up too because I've had a lot going on personally so I haven't been able to do my own reviews I, so I pull up one of the ones that I hate anyways uh, one of their notable observation was the beard they gave Elias only looks convincing if you don't have HD on your TV and it's like I don't think that you saw something you weren't supposed to see <laughs> someone else had tweeted out I was like this is clearly a split screen what am I stupid I'm like uh, yeah actually you're stupid because you pointed that out like, I kept, like, looking closely because I wanted to see, like, a piece of the beard, like, yeah. flipping Flat. up, like, on purpose. Yes. Yes. You know, because, like, how great would it be if Elias comes back, you know, or does the promo and the beard's, like, slipping off on purpose? Yes. Like, oh, clearly, look, it's it's a fake beard, guys. Yeah. Yeah, they're working the IWC so hard, dude, and it's so fucking funny. This is one of those ones where the whole segment with any any of these three guys, realistically, uh, is another one where you just can't help but smile and enjoy the whole thing. It's just so fucking good. Yeah. 
So, I love it. Uh, I love these people getting worked up, and they don't even, they they think that they're not. They think they're getting worked up because they're not getting worked, and that's the funniest part to me. Yeah, like you know, you're not gonna pull one over on me. Yeah, I can see this. Mm-hmm. Get uh, out of here. Yeah, you're smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you're smarter uh, than most wrestling fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, until you said it. <laughs> uh, Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did get Bobby Lashley though versus Otis Gable and Theory, and I loved this dude. Theory, or or I was gonna say uh, Bobby versus Gable was incredible, dude. Like the amount of amateur wrestling they put in that match was so fucking good. Yeah. I was like kind of mouth open the whole time. Just like holy shit, we're this, this is like you wouldn't think it. You'd think, oh, Gable's small, Bobby Lashley's big, Bobby's dominant, Gable's kind of silly. It's just going to be uh, one and done. The idea that they really leaned into what they always do, and that, like that's the thing about Gable is he's such a fucking. I don't want to say underrated. I don't want to say like unassuming. He's such an unassuming guy to come out and he does the silly stuff. And then the match starts going and you forget how every time you forget how strong he is, how good he is, how technical he is, how smart he is at what he's doing in the ring. That every time he goes to do his match, you're always like, oh, it'll be good. But then every time you're blown away for Bobby to have an amateur wrestling background as well. And for them to do this match the way they did, I was like, holy shit, we just got this match for no reason. This is incredible. hundred percent. Like it, that was, that was the only thing that got me with that was, uh, I think Corey pointed out was like, why aren't we starting off three tracks? You know, with Otis. Mm-hmm. You know, and at first I, I thought the same thing. Like, it, you know, if you're stacking the deck against Bobby, then yeah, you want the heavy hitters there first to weaken them up. But the performance that we got with. Um, Bobby and Chad like cool like it it doesn't if if you had Otis first you would be like well Bobby was weak this is why uh, Chad or Gable was able to do a lot of this stuff yes so when you have them out there first it's like wait no 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 they're showcasing and it looks great and there's no excuse or reason why Gable is able to do this besides he's fucking good yeah yeah and the fact that Bobby took him as a real threat the whole time. Mm. Bobby was trying to keep him down and was trying to do on the, the little amateur takedowns. There was part of me that wondered if they just were actually, like, fucking around for a bit. Like, let's spar a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think they're both... Yeah. Come on. The first two, two to three minutes. Let's see what mm-hmm. you can do. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, but fucking fantastic, man. And we're getting yeah. Theory against Bobby at Money in the Bank for the UC title, and I love it. Did you see? Did they say UC title? Yes, Yeah, the United Continental you, States. You can't see me, title. Yeah, the You Can't See Me Continental <laughs> United States. Television, European, 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> so good uh ms tv and aj styles typically i don't like most ms tvs i love this one because aj is so good 
Uh, I like how much they talked about uh, Miz having tiny popcorn balls. I like how Miz was saying, this is not a thing. We're not going to be making my tiny balls a thing. And then AJ being like, I don't know, you tell me, guys. Is is his tiny balls a thing? And oh my god. Yeah. Dude. I you should know, not have liked what, any of it, and I loved it all. <laughs> but you know, you know, I'm in the same boat. Like, I shouldn't have liked it, loved it. You know why I think I loved it so much? Is because it reminded me of Owen Hart in the Nuggets. Yes. Yep. And I think I I think he like I like when I think about them side by side, I'm like, this is, you know, so close. They're almost the same, and I'm like, yeah. I think this is why I loved it so much. And I think both those dudes loved doing it so much. I think they had both had a lot of fun out there, and I think they both had a ton of respect mm-hmm. for each other. And I think that that's part of why this all played off so well. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Yes. And this was a cool one too, where AJ got them going. He's like, "This is Cornhusker country," and then just waits. Go big red, go big red. Like, <laughs> like nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was good, dudes. It was a good one. Uh, and then Champa came out, attacked AJ. So here it is, man. Second week in a row where we've gotten Champa coming out and defending Miz. It's not the second week only, but second week in a row where he's come out to defend the Miz against Riddle and AJ and has lost pretty flat. So Champa's looking bad. Champa's not looking good, man. (laughs) And it was a good match. AJ versus Champa. Dope. But also kind of like, what are we doing? Like, it's so weird because I, I think they were trying to, you know, not, not so much make Champa a legitimate threat, but like say like, for people that don't know, watch NXT, like, look, this guy's good, you know, yes. showcases talent a bit. But, but, like you said earlier, with Cena coming back every time and losing, this is what we're expecting from Champa. I think it's very yeah. sad that WWE gave Champa Gargano fit on the main roster. Yeah, and I also think that it's a bummer because realistically if you kind of rewound it us just a bit and if you had champa be the miz's mercenary kind of a miz scenario and if he was winning he would look like a bad motherfucker who's this champa who miz has seemingly hired to just beat the shit out of people and he does even if Mm -hmm. you had miz use a distraction to get the win each time he still would look like a badass yes but the fact that miz is sitting inside he needs the wins. Miz is sitting ringside and letting him lose over and over again. You're like, you hired the worst mercenary. Yeah. You know? Get your money back. Get your fucking money back and send him packing. Like, I don't understand the way that they've done this. I don't understand the point of Ciampa now. At this point, it's all like, what good are you? This guy's bringing you in to get people out of his way. You blindside them, you sucker punch them, and still lose. Like, what's you the damn near hold their hand and bring him up to him. Yeah, yeah, and it's a bummer because, like you said, we know Champa's incredible. Yeah, but the matches, just... like, like you said, the matches are good. Champa's yeah. good. Champa can work. AJ can work. You put them together, they work. Yeah, Champa and Riddle, great. And, but yeah, but it. Like you said, like for them to flat out not say what their dynamic is or their 
A relationship. You know, yeah, there you go, relationship. Because at times, or the, the few times I've seen it, it seems like Miz is surprised that Ciampa's there. Yes, but he's always there around Miz. Yeah, and he's like, whoa, what are you doing here? And it's like, okay, you know, and I just uh, I just hope they don't, like, lean into Ciampa wants to be like the Miz. He wants his own reality show. Mm -hmm. I just don't see where I mean there's plenty of places to go but I want more for Trumpet. yes yeah it's starting he's starting to feel a bit pointless you see him and you go oh no here's this you know what it reminds me of now um, you ever seen the movie Dirty Work with Norm MacDonald yes 100 times I love the cowboy hat fucking one of my favorite movies of all time remember he's in the bar and he's talking to the girl and all of a sudden, the his buddy Sam picks a fight, and he's all like, calls for his for Norm to help him, and he just mm. and like he starts like yelling because they're in this fight, and he looks at the girl and he goes, "Ugh, I'm sorry, I gotta go. My dumb friend needs me." Yeah. And then he walks over there and he puts up his fist and gets thrown through the window, and he's completely useless after that. Like he's he's there to help his dumb friend who's got himself into a fight, but he's done nothing effective. That's Champa. Yeah. Champa's norm where he goes, "Oh, my dumb friend needs me." He's got himself into a fight, then gets thrown into a dumpster, and the other guy still gets his ass kicked. And you're kind of like, but "Did your least... dumb friend really need you?" Or, <laughs> but at the same time, they at least admitted they were friends in the movie. That's I know true. it was like more so like this, like you said, relationship with Miz and. Uh, Champa, it's weird. Like it's you know, they never acknowledge him. Champa doesn't say anything. Yeah. Miz is surprised. Like. Yeah, and when Miz is on commentary with matches, he doesn't say anything about him necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't hype him up. Like, hey, this is my guys. This is my friend. You know, yeah. like. Would it be funny if you know if they do lean into this uh, mercenary work and. Uh, Maurice was the one that hired Champa. That'd be so good. And we'd be like, yo, you hired the worst guy ever. Yeah. I don't want that for Champa by any means, but. She found him on OfferUp. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like when people go on Craigslist looking for an assassin. Yeah. Lowest bidder. You could murder my wife for $300, right? Yeah. Make it look like an ex. <laughs> Damn right I can. Probably. <laughs> Um, anything else happen on any of the shows? Like, I feel like that's that's all I got because we already talked main event, Becky and Oscar, which again, women main eventing always fantastic. Uh, um, oh, Veer, Veer cut a promo I wanted to talk about. Oh yes, Veer. I actually really like this promo. It wasn't like a hard times promo that you're gonna rewatch a hundred times and memorize, but it was the first time we really got to see personality out of him. He struggled with a few words here and there, but he was very clear at this point. I liked him saying he's going to teach people to fear Veer. I thought that'll make a good shirt. Uh, you know what I mean? Realistically, like, what do we need out of the guy right yeah. now? If they do it the right design, good... they could yeah, do like a... It reminds me of the Milwaukee Bucks that, yeah. you know, fear the deer. Yeah. It reminds me of the no fear shirts. Do it in the same font, but have it say Fear Veer. 
but it'll make it look like no fear. No. It's going to be great, dude. And then we'll have Massimo shirts for Ciampa. Yeah. Miz and Co. Yeah. Miz and Co. Massimo. It's going to work out perfect, yeah. dude. But but I liked it because it was like we're starting to get personality from him from a different aspect. We've only seen him like grunt. His voiceovers for his video packages were seemingly out of place. Now we've got him talking. We've got him doing something. I think we can start doing something with him. I think we're going to start seeing something out of him. That's what I got excited about watching it. It was like, okay, he can talk. And not like he's allowed to talk now, but like he didn't fail at talking. It wasn't like, oh, shit. So it made me really hopeful for him, actually. It made me really hopeful for yeah. him. Yeah. You know the other thing, speaking of this promo, and they did it last week as well, that I'm more excited about, mm. is the side stage interview area. Yes, they call it the Mean Gene platform. Is that what or it's the called? The Mean Gene section or something like that? Yeah, they called it. They, they referred to it specifically as being the Mean Gene area. Yeah. I love but it. Like, it's, it, it's old school. Yeah, it's such a... Yeah, I was going to say, such a callback, like, you know, not shitting on AEW by any means, but AEW has always been, you know, hey, we're bringing this tradition, you know, like, yeah, you know, that, like, that's like the one thing that they didn't, like, they didn't catch on. Do. Yeah. yeah. Like, because, like, growing up, seeing Hogan and Mean Gene, Warrior, you know, the, um, not San Martino. What was the other Bruno? Bravo. Doing the mm-hmm. uh, uh, bench press and stuff like that. It was always on the side stage. You know, the Million Dollar Man was uh, challenging the kid to make a basketball hoop. And yeah. it was always on the side stage there. And I think, you know, bringing that out there. Because a lot of these, uh, you know, you need the backstage stuff where the, the interviewer pops out and, oh, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. I love that shit. But a lot of these, um, like, staged interviews where it's like, hey, you know, I'm here with so-and-so, it needs to be right there. Yes. You know, because a lot of times... It allows them to interact the with the crowd event. better, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You go to the main events, and, you know, a lot of times you're just watching the Jumbotron or the screen, and you're just like, okay, cool. But for them to actually recognize and realize, like, hey... Let's bring this back out in front of the crowd. Get the crowd's, you know, natural reaction on stuff. I think it's great. Like, I love that Mean Gene area or Mean Gene section. Yeah, me too. I think it's fantastic. I love that they do it, that they brought it back. I like that they can interact with the crowd some. I know that Theory had a, a promo up there once, and he was able to interact with the crowd really well. I think it's yeah. I think it's great. I love that they do that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember, I, I had something I was thinking about with that, but I forgot. So it must not be all that much. So, uh, but yeah, dude. Overall, I enjoyed Raw and SmackDown both. I really enjoyed watching the internet freak the fuck out about a bunch of pointless stuff. That was fun. Oh yeah, the Vince stuff. Like... Yeah, it's fantastic. What the hell? Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. It's the IWC every day. Yeah. And then and then the rest of us are Triple H being like, tell me what you want. Give me what I want. 
don't but tell know me what, what you actually yeah yeah we're all triple h i'll give it to light. you yeah yeah not saying i won't but I you're gonna it. have to articulate it give it up! <laughs> yeah, yeah. spittle everywhere I, actually, I saw that fucking promo the other day i just started laughing because every time i heard batista do that just reminded me of your give it up! yeah give it up! dude you know what I love too is. Will, go ahead. I was gonna say now that we got a TikTok, I almost want you to do the voiceover. Oh, yeah, I should do the voiceover out. of that. I should also do like entrances from the wrestlers where I sing their entrance music. So they come out yeah. and it's me singing their entrance. I think it'd be good. That's what we're saying. That's yeah. what we said on TikTok. W O T R episode one. Uh, that's what exactly what Kev was saying that he wanted to see on our TikTok is me doing stuff like that voiceover stuff but do the bailey and yeah speaking of randomly tiktoks my wife there's i guess this new trend where they give you a random word mm-hmm. and you know you're supposed to create a song from that word that has that word in it mm-hmm. she got sexy mm-hmm. and she like was like looking around and i just started singing shot like yeah i was like it's the only sexy song like yeah, it's the Outside sexiest song known to man. Right said Fred, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did the sherry part and everything. Yeah, you got to do the sherry part. Yeah. Mm. I'm surprised she didn't get Justin Timberlake, at least. You know what I mean? Sexy back is the easy dunk. Either way, I think you yeah. were right there's on There's a it. couple that, yeah, there's a couple that surprised me, but I just had to bring up the, yeah. she got sexy and just... Stood Loved there, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. My son and I just started singing it. He didn't mm-hmm. know the words, but he was laughing because she got sexy. And... So good, so good. Uh, I also like the uh, Batista said in an interview recently. Someone asked him about that promo, and he goes, uh, "People might not realize this, but I like uh, I actually forgot my line there." You're like, no, <laughs> yeah. you're kidding me. I said, no way. Yeah. Seriously, it's like that Tracy Morgan and Thirty Rock gasp. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the biggest but, wrestling secrets revealed. Yeah. He forgot Yeah. Way to way to spoil the magic. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's it, man. I think I'm ready for last call. If you are. Yeah. Yeah, got that last little bit there. Guys, uh, we'll be back tomorrow night. I'll be here with uh, Miss Amanda Jane, maybe a clump if the litter box is full. And uh, hopefully we'll get a little Shakes Montana action slipping in there uh, as he does uh, for tomorrow night's brand new episode one where we're going to talk some, some AEW and some NXT. And I fear there's a lot to talk about. So <laughs> hopefully our drinking buddies will be back for that. Uh, and we'll see you there. Outside of that, you can find Kevlar at Kevlar on the Rocks with an X. You can find us on TikTok at WOTR Episode 1. It's a number one at the end. Uh, uh, other than that, we're on Twitter at WOTR The Show. I'm at Ref Marsh. This has been an Episode 1 from the Die Bar of the IWC. Guys, that's the last call. Cheers. So please support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the I and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers!
I would never have a drink with less than one glass.